You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. This Tuesday edition of Locked On Packers is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. For a deposit bonus. It is Expert Tuesday. John Middlecoff is here. Former NFL scout. Current uh, athletic contributor. He does videos on Periscope. Breaks down the games. And he's got a big personality. He's got a lot of opinions. He's seen a lot of football. And I wanted to get him in because I know that he watched Brett Hundley at UCLA. I know that he has scouted quarterbacks has an understanding of the college game and the pro game, and and I think his insight in this case in terms of evaluation is important. Because right now, everyone has an opinion on the career of Brett Hundley. Everyone. He's going to be good. I still have faith. He's, he's bad. He's trash. He's awful. He can't play. He's not an NFL quarterback. I just want to point something out. Dak Prescott, who was the rookie of the year last year and an MVP candidate on a 13-3 team, was a fourth-round pick. And he came into a perfect situation, and he thrived on it. And was much better than the scouts said he would be as a rookie. On Sunday night, he played a really good Eagles defense, threw three picks, and was god-awful. Worse passer rating than Brett Hundley. Spiked more passes in the dirt than Brett Hundley. Every bit as bad, if not worse, than Brett Hundley. He's a young quarterback. But because he had a great rookie season, he gets a pass. We treat Brett Hundley differently for some reason because he's been in uniform for three years. We've seen him. We've seen him in preseason. We've seen him on the sidelines. And... We, myself included, expected him to come in right away and not be Aaron Rodgers, but be 65, 70% of Aaron Rodgers, at least be 2013 Matt Flynn at worst. And he hasn't been. But the fact that he struggled against one of the best passing defenses in football shouldn't be surprising. The fact that he played really well in the second half and on third down and down the stretch of the Bears game is what should be surprising. He's a young player. I tried to I tried wrote this in a column for SB Nation. I tried to I tried to tell you guys the 3 years that he spent in practice is just not enough. It's not enough. And Mike McCarthy hinted at it in his press conference Monday afternoon. He said, "At a certain point you are what you put on film." And in context, it it hinted to me that in practice this offense looks a lot better, which is to say Brett Hundley looks a lot better. He's probably not bailing the pocket. He's probably more decisive. That's how it works with young players. It takes time. He's not used to stepping into the huddle and commanding the respect of 10 other guys and running an NFL team on an NFL Sunday in an NFL game 
on a franchise that expects to be in the Super Bowl, a franchise that he knows he's basically holding hostage until Aaron Rodgers gets back. And he feels that pressure. Who wouldn't? Yes, a lot of the flaws that were in his scouting report are still flaws. Tom Silverstein wrote a great column that either the Packers misidentified a talent or they have mismanaged him or a combination of both, really. And we don't know what the answer is. But to write him off after four starts is ludicrous. He might turn out to be bad. But let's not rush to bury him. Let's not rush to throw dirt on his grave like his career is over, like this is it, this is everything. I mentioned this before. Brian Burke did a study at ESPN about Jimmy Garoppolo's experience, and it was about his trade value relative to rookies. And what what Burke found was the number of attempts that Garoppolo had in the games that he had played, which was one full game and then half a game before he was injured, is not statistically significant in terms of making him different than a rookie quarterback. Not the practices, that didn't matter, and not a full not a full offseason to be the starter for four games where the best coach ever puts you in a position to succeed and builds a game plan around you. Those passes that he threw in NFL games did not significantly separate him from a rookie quarterback. I've said this about Mitch Trubisky. He has a lot of the same issues Brett Hundley does. He ran into sacks against Green Bay. He didn't make throws that he could have and should have made because he is a see-it throw it quarterback. He has to see it to throw it. Lacks anticipatory skill at this point in his development. The thing that Brett Hundley was able to do in those three years is learn this offense. We saw him, there was a, there was a play in the second half and he was in, it was a four by one set. So four receivers and a back in the backfield. He sent Jamal Williams out in the formation, checked everything at the line of scrimmage, basically changed everything about the play and hit Devontae Adams for a first down. He knows the offense. That is the biggest difference between a guy who is just coming into the, the league and someone who's been in the league for three years. But experience with managing the pocket? Nope, doesn't have it. Experience with a defense who's game planning for him? Nope, doesn't have it. Experiencing overcoming adversity in an NFL game when... You have a bad play or you have a good play. Handling success is just as difficult in many cases, if not more, than handling adversity. And so how he does that is something he has to learn. And you can only learn by doing in the league. Usually, in most cases, at least going back to Carson Palmer's rookie season, if a quarterback doesn't attempt 200 passes as a rookie, they're garbage. They just, it turns out they can't play. Because usually quarterbacks that don't play early aren't good enough. If a team takes a quarterback in the first couple rounds and he doesn't play, it's because he's not good enough. The Aaron Rodgers model is not a thing. He is the outlier. He's the absolute outlier. And let's not forget Mike McCarthy was the one that turned him into a legitimate NFL player. And he sat longer than Brett Hundley did. And when he finally got to play, he, got, he had to play in an offense, or he got to play in an offense that was built for him. It's easy to forget now how awful he looked in preseason, Rodgers did. And he came in in a couple games in mop-up duty and looked terrible. There was a Baltimore night game where he, he couldn't play. He got hurt. That's how bad he was. So let's not act like we know what Brett Hundley is going to be. He could turn out to be bad. 
He could turn out to be John Skelton bad or Rex Grossman bad. He could. But here's here's another thing that I need to point out, and it's something that I'm writing about this week for SB Nation and that I talk with, with, with Middlecoff about. This offense is not tailored to Brett Hundley's skill set. They are asking him to run basically the Aaron Rodgers light offense. And that's just, it's just not going to work effectively and consistently. And that's on McCarthy. This is not, none of this is to shirk blame from, from Brett Hundley's responsibilities as a quarterback. This is his job and he needs to be better. But it is, let us not close the book on his career after four starts. Jared Goff is proof positive of that. Carson Wentz had a great first month as a rookie and was garbage once the leaves changed color. I mean, Packer fans remember he had one or two good drives against the Packers and then threw a couple bad picks, took some bad sacks, and that was the start of the run the table for Green Bay. It is hard to be a first-time starter in this league, and it is really hard. Look at the teams that he's played. Saints are either the best or second-best team in the league. They've got a top-tier defense. The Lions are in the playoff chase. They've got a top-tier defense. The Bears, a top-tier defense. The Ravens, a top-tier defense. He's, had, he's played five games. All of them have been against above-average defenses. And he's got another one on Sunday. Before we get to John, I want to I remind you about mybookie.ag. If you've been listening for more than a week or two, you remember MyBookie. They've been a sponsor with us for a while now, all, all season long. So that means you should know about our promo code. If you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get a deposit bonus on your first deposit. There are so many shady sites out there. Do not get duped. MyBookie.ag is legit. They do live in-game betting, and, and really, that is the future of betting. The live, the odds change. It is really, really fun. And they've got a great mobile site for you to do it. It's no different than betting in a casino, but you can do it right from your smartphone. Go to mybookie.ag to place your bets and use the promo code Locked On for a deposit bonus. All right, let's get to John Middlecoff. He's a former NFL scout, Bay Area radio host. He works for The Athletic in the Bay Area. Some football talk there, and there's a lot of Interesting stuff. If you if you think being a Packer fan is bad right now, be a Raiders fan. They were supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, and they are. They're bad. They're really bad. You can follow him on Twitter at John Middlecoff. That's K-A-U-F-F. John, thanks for joining Locked On Packers. No problem. How's it going? It is. It is good. It is. A, it is a tough week for Packers fans after what they saw on Sunday uh, from Brett Hundley, and that's where I want to start. Uh, in college, there were a lot of questions about that UCLA offense. Jim Mora, obviously, that hit, that offense no longer exists because he's no longer the coach at UCLA, which probably says its own thing about the quality of, of that system. But there were questions about Brett Hundley's ability to read defenses, his ability to process quickly, and we're seeing that play out. In terms of you know what you look at when when you're evaluating, is that is that the kind of thing that that can change, or is that usually a flaw that that ends up being fatal for a quarterback? Well, I think if you're thrust right into playing, it it can definitely be a problem, and it, it's hard to change those habits. But you look at Brett Hundley; he, he didn't go in the first round. He was a fifth round pick, right? Right, and. He then gets to mentor an apprentice behind one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in a offensive-minded team. 
Uh, some may argue that with McCarthy, but I mean, he's an offensive coach. <laughs> yeah. And so he sat for years and, and learned. And if you look at quarterback projects, because that's kind of what he was. He was a guy with a bunch of raw tools. Uh, there was a period of time, probably his junior year, where, you know, Kaepernick at the time was having a lot of success. I saw some similarities, you know, the big time athlete. He had a really good arm, wasn't the most accurate guy. But that, that was a guy that you thought if you get him two or three years sitting behind and become a backup and learn that potentially you may have something. Now, the, the hard part about quarterback, unlike a lot of other positions, is you can't, like, slowly rotate them in. Uh, when you're a backup, especially with a star stud quarterback, if you're playing, that usually means the guy went down out of nowhere and you're kind of thrust into the action. Now, he's had time to get ready. Uh, you know, what was that, game three against Baltimore? The, yeah, the, the one three, thing yeah. I, I, I would say about the Ravens, when they are healthy, they are a big, physical, tough defense. Like, it's not the easiest team to go to. Uh, obviously, you throw three picks, you don't score a touchdown, it's not a good look. But it's not, it's not like you just got embarrassed by the Raiders or just, you know, a team that's just an <laughs> inept defense. Right. I'm not trying to make excuses for Hundley. Uh, it's, it's never good when you don't score a touchdown. And, and really, the, was it two weeks ago, whenever it was on Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions, really beside the one drive late in the game when it kind of felt like the game was already over, he didn't look very good either. Uh, and that, that's probably a better, you know, get some middle of the road, below average defense that you go. He should be a little more explosive. Uh, and, and clearly, sometimes whenever you take the quote-unquote project, the guy that that's going to be your mindset, he's going to sit, learn. That there is a chance, and more often than not, right, he becomes Brett Hundley. He's just not very good. Yeah, and that's 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 probably the case. It seems like there were more bad quarterbacks on Sunday than normal. I mean, it was it was an awful display. Even the even the bad quarterbacks, we needed some of the bad guys like Blaine Gabbard and Tom Savage to have good games to there, even there like, are, raise the level lot, of bar. There are a lot of backups playing though. That's right? true. I mean, yeah. a lot of injuries throughout the league. I'm just looking Tampa backup, Miami third stringer technically backup, whatever you want to consider. Blaine Gabbard, Houston's on their backup, who was once their starter, but now their backup. So I think you look around the league, Cleveland, I don't even know what you would consider Kaiser. <laughs> uh, the Bears, Trubisky technically was their backup to start the season. You know, you just go around the league, you just have a lot of guys. Buffalo had benched Tyrod Taylor. Again, I don't know, Tyrod, the start, you know, it's kind of a weird situation, but you just there were a lot of players that weren't the starter, you know, a month or two ago coming into the season. So I, I do think that plays a little bit of a role. I mean, look, the team we're talking about, Brett Hundley, is playing because, and I think you could make this argument with a straight face, the greatest quarterback, most most talented quarterback of all time, you know, is basically on the sideline in sweat. Right. And that, that that's a, do the Packers win this game with Aaron Rodgers? I probably lean yes. You know? Yeah. They're definitely not, you know, losing games probably. They're winning at least the Lions game or this game. So I think that dramatically changes things. And the back and quarterbacks aren't very good. And I think whenever your quarterback goes down in the NFL, last year when Matt Moore came in for Tannehill, you know, late in the season when he got injured, that's kind of an anomaly, right? A backup quarterback that comes in and functions, you could argue, as good as a starter yeah. for a team Case that's Keenum. winning games. Yeah, Case Keenum's a rare 
very rare, especially Case Keenum was someone that we already have seen and thought sucked. Right. You know, and then it and then it turns out he doesn't just he he's solid. If you, now, yeah. would he do that on a bad team? Like if you put him on the Green Bay Packers, they still lose the Ravens. But if you put him on a team like the Vikings that are really kind of a plug and play for a quarterback right now because their defense is so good, they're running the ball well. It's it's a pretty conducive situation to success, and he's he's playing well. I do wonder the the CBA has taken a lot of grief um, because of you know the lack of practice time. There's a lot of people who are, who have blamed the quality of offensive line play on the CBA and not giving guys enough live reps. I wonder if if the the issues with developing quarterbacks and and the Hunley case being just one of many and backup quarterbacks not being ready is if that has anything to do with the CBA and the fact that you just can't get backups reps the same way that you used to be able to when guys could practice more and they hit more and you saw closer something closer to live bullets in practice. I think that plays a role. I also think we've always, there's been a huge drop-off in kind of a line of delineation of, you know, 12, 15 quarterbacks and the rest of the guys, including sure. their backups, you know, and, and really in the, the history of the sport, how many good quarterback coaches and coordinators and offensive minds have there been, right? Probably a handful mm -hmm. every season. There's only so many good quarterback coaches, offensive minds. So I think it's with the way the media and we talk about it so much, and it's a fun thing to talk about. But I don't know if it's really that much different if you did a deep dive like 20 years ago. Now, maybe there is some merit to – it does feel a little bit like maybe the backup quarterbacks were better 20 years ago, and that's where I would probably tend to agree that the practice I, – I, I, Also, I the know. starters were worse. Like, that, let's just say that. Like, the, the guys who were starting in the league that were starting in the 80s, like 90% of those guys just couldn't play now. One, 100%. I mean, look, look at the quarterback play – at the at the high level, like the top ten, fifteen guys in the league, when it when everyone's healthy, it's it's pretty darn good. And I I, I do think though in practice the live bullets uh, also playing a part in injuries. I, I think you see yeah. guys because they train so hard in the off season, and then once you get to the season, you're really just peaking for one day a week. I mean, back in the day, you listen to Parcells talk, you listen to Belichick talk in the 80s and the 90s, you would have padded practices on Wednesday or Thursday. It was just to maintain a level of play, maintain a level of physicality. You hear people that are in the boxing profession talk about it. There, there's a reason you spar before you fight. Now, right. And when you spar, you're not trying to knock the other guy out and kill him, but there is a level of, it's like training for a marathon. You don't run the 26 miles you know, the week or two before, but you do run a large percentage of it to get ready for the main event. And I think in the NFL, you go to a practice now in season, it's, I mean, a glorified walkthrough. And I'm not trying to sound like old guy, get off my lawn, but you talk to players that just played in the early 2000s and that are coaching now and on some of these staff, they'll tell you that, that, that it's, it's not like they're trying to complain and say their time was better. But it, it clearly they were more prepared for the rigors of the NFL season, and I, I think that has played a huge part in, in the injuries. Not maybe not necessarily for quarterbacks, because quarterbacks it typically is a freak injury when you have like a broken shoulder, right? Someone falls on you, right? But I do think part of the reason they're getting hit 
is because these offensive lines are just kind of a turnstile now, like you said. I mean, the, the play is very, very poor. I like the marathon analogy. It's sort of like training for a marathon, but the most you run is four miles, but you bike 50 miles and think that's enough. Like that it's, you're, it's not the same. It's just not, it's just not the same on your body. Like you have to practice taking for that kind of punishment. When you watch basketball, for example, they, they really, they don't have that many injuries and a lot of basketball players. And now the sport is a lot different. It's mm-hmm. much easier to play a full five-on-five game all throughout the summer before the season. But all these guys, they just – basketball players play basketball. Yeah, all That's they do is play. State. You just – yeah. so you just five-on-five. You're playing real games. Now, it's much harder to do. You can't just have like a pickup football game, you know, with pads. It's not even possible. But in football practice, you practice 90% of the time. You know, playing is such a small percentage when you look at a given week. It's not the other sports. You only play one yeah. day a week. So the other, really, you get one day off, and the other five days you're, you're practicing or walking through. But now the practices are so unlike game environments. I mean, that's part of practice, to get you ready for a game, right? And that's where I do think when you watch the Patriots and Brady and Belichick, they've probably done the best job of finding ways to manipulate the situations on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of these weeks and because they they consistently peak as the season goes on, right? They're, they're doing something right. Yeah, well, they have always found the competitive advantage of, over everyone else. We'll get back to the interview in just a second, but I want to remind you about Locked on Bucks. If you're a Packers fan and you live in Wisconsin, you should be following what's going on in Milltown. Fear the deer is in full effect. Eric Bledsoe injected some life into this team. He can create... Giannis is having an MVP season, and you need to stay up to date on all of the goings-on with Jason Kidd's team. So you need to be locked on Bucks, just like you're locked on Packers. So one of the things, though, with practice, Mike McCarthy said earlier in the week that, that he felt like he was seeing things in practice and then they weren't putting that on film, which to me is is his way of saying Brett Hundley is doing what we're asking him to do in practice. And it's not it's not happening on the game for in the game for whatever reason. Now, one of the criticisms that I've had of McCarthy is that a lot of what Brett Hundley did well at UCLA and some of the concepts that were sort of staples of that offense, Green Bay has in their game plan and they just haven't used. I, I'm wondering why it seems like you you look at a lot of these RPO concepts that we see now that are that are popular that the Chiefs run and that the Eagles run so much of of the pro game has has been taking from college concepts and borrowing from them because college concepts work a lot of them. And I just wonder yeah. why the NFL has taken has turned their nose up so long at this idea. Oh, they run a co- I mean, who was the Denver corner that said that oh they run a college offense? Okay, they whipped your I, ass. I know. I what I don't understand is if he's your backup quarterback, you probably wouldn't do what you do with Aaron works, but why wouldn't you have plays for him just in as a contingency plan? If Aaron ever went down, you would have a set five or six plays that he, he could run with his athleticism. You know, the Niners did a good job of this back in the day and same with Seattle with Russell and Colin when they first came in to kind of adapt them. And then Colin, as time went on, struggled to kind of put the other stuff where Russell became more of a true pocket quarterback. 
And but but you don't need to worry about that, right? You would just try to win a couple games right now with Brett Hundley running around. I'm watching some highlights on my television right now. It's like he's dropping back trying to play with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's not who he is. Why why wouldn't you run some, you know, some zone read stuff, some mm-hmm. option with him? I mean, what, what what do you have to lose? More games? I mean, you're losing anyway. <laughs> you might as well kind of throw a curveball. And I, I think that that would be a fair argument of McCarthy, like. Can he color outside the lines when he really needs to? And this is a situation where he does have – you're not going to ask Brett Hundley to just drop back and play inside the pocket and throw it 50 times a game and think you're going to be successful. Now he only threw it 36 times, but he just – even if you have to throw it 40 times, you're probably in trouble. Why, what, he, he should have at minimum 10 rushing attempts, right? Like designed yeah. runs. Run a quarterback power. Now, he'd argue we don't want to get our quarterback hurt. Well, I mean, it's just part of the deal with this guy. You just, you're probably going to lose anyway, so you might as well, you know, throw a couple wrinkles in here. And clearly, Mike maybe either refuses to, doesn't want to. Uh, it's probably not something he's comfortable with, coaching it up. But all coaches, if they really want to, especially a guy like McCarthy, you know, been around a long time, if he really wanted to learn, that offense, not even the offense, just some plays and install it. He could do it. To me, he's just choosing not to do it. Yeah, I think it's it's similar. The the analogy I used on Twitter was Tom Thibodeau, that with, with the right guys, his system is awesome. But when he has to teach young players how to play defense, it's just not what he does. It's just not who he is. And I think in some ways that's that's what we're seeing with McCarthy. When he's got Rodgers and Nelson and the right and the right pieces – he can run his system all day long, but when he has to adapt it, when he has to teach it in a different kind of way, he struggles. And and that's but that's what we're seeing. Unfortunately, you know, the standard is is what the the Patriots do with Belichick and Brady, and and they're the best ever at scrapping a game plan from one week and going to the next and creating a totally different one and adapting to what they need to do every week. And most coaches just can't do that. Yeah, I, if he, I think it's a combination of can't and almost refuse. They, they get stuck in their way, yeah. especially once you've had a little success. My way works. Yeah. We're going to do it this way. Um, you might not be Aaron Rodgers, but Brett Hundley, we're going to win with you. And I, I, I think when you see Mike McCarthy saying that, he's our quarterback, and people are crushing him on social media. I think deep down in his core, in his belly, he believes that. Like, we can win with this guy. We just got to execute it better. Well, Mike – you're not going to execute it better. You can't. You got to. You got to mix it up. Right. You know. It's just. I, I. I get why you believe that because you've been to so many playoff games. Last year, everyone counted you out and you rattled off all these wins. But Aaron Rodgers is not walking through that door right now with shoulder pads. He's walking through the door with sweats. So you got to find a way to just function with this guy. Hit some plays. To me, just run a quarterback power. Run a play that you would never run for Aaron Rodgers with this guy because no one would think it was coming. You know, that's, that's part of where you get credit as a coach, right? If, if he ran, like, just a old-school option with Brett Hundley and whoever the running back was, like, damn, Mike McCarthy, I, I see you. Even if it didn't work, I, we would be like, well, okay, I get what you're trying to do there. And it's just when he just, just throw it back, we're going to run uh, three verticals. Like, no, it's just not going to work for this guy. Yeah. My, my mom used to always say, can't lives on won't street. And I just like yeah. I think that's where we are with McCarthy. Like it's not that they can't, it's that they won't. Like the zone read they put in and he's called twice in three games. The RPO is in their offense. They ran it for a touchdown against the Bears. They've called it 
less than three times in in the four games that Hunley's played. Like I, I just don't understand it. I uh, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, where can people find more of your work? See me on Twitter at uh, John Middlecoff. Working for the Athletic here in the Bay Area. We'll have something out on uh, on Tuesday morning on the Raiders' offensive coordinator situation. Actually, it's in shambles. And podcasts. I link it to my Twitter every every other day. So all over the place. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks. Have a good one. I want to thank John Middlecoff again for joining Locked On Packers. And, and I just, when he said it, I, it floored me. And I thought, God, he's right. Why did the Packers not have five packaged plays for Brett Hundley? Why didn't they have something to go to if in a game that they needed to win, they had to go to Brett Hundley? Did they just think he could come in and run the offense? Is that the guy they've seen in practice? They, they didn't have some funky zone read look that they could go to. They had nothing. I mean, Alex Patakis, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, said on Twitter that, that basically Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone and the Packers' response was promote Joe Callahan to the active roster and put in the Wildcat. I mean, they put in the zone read and then refused to run it. They have RPOs in their offense. They refuse to use them. It's, it's just hubris at this point, it seems. Because they can do it. They just have decided they're not gonna. Can't lives on Won't Street. My mom will be happy that I put that on the podcast. All right, Jermichael Finley is on the show tomorrow. And that will not be our last show of the week. I am going to do a show, do a little crossover pod with John Ledyard from uh, FanRag, my colleague there. That show is going to be on Friday. Listen to it on Saturday. Listen to it whenever you want. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Steelers. They're really good. That's my scouting report. They're really good, and it's going to be a tough game. And um, I think once or twice a year, McCarthy paints a masterpiece. This needs to be it. They win this game, they save their season. Because if they get to 6-5 and five with the next stretch that they, they have coming up, as unlikely as that may seem, the Steelers have played down to the level of their competition this year. That's mostly a road issue. But they've been weird. And Ben Roethlisberger been a little loose with the ball. He threw it to the Jaguars about a million times. A.J. Bouye just picked off another pass. So we'll see. I'm not optimistic. They are they are a two-touchdown underdog for a reason. But Jermichael Finley tomorrow. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. We'll be back on Friday. So as always, stay locked on Packers.